0: Welcome to the Growth-Minded Accountant Podcast, where our experts will share best practices on running your firm in the digital age. This podcast is brought to you by AccountingWorks Pro. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another edition of the Growth-Minded Accountant Podcast. My name is Lee Reams, and I will be your host. And today's topic is the profession-wide labor shortage and whether offshoring might be a good option for your firm. We are joined today by Rudy Zabrin from Consolidated Analytics. Uh, Full disclosure, we are a partner with Consolidated Analytics and uh, currently offering a PAX Talent and Accounting Talent uh, staffing uh, program. Um, But I wanted to welcome Rudy to our podcast. And if you could say hello and just provide a a little bit of a brief background of where you come from, and and we'll get started.
1: Sure. Happy to be here with you this morning, Lee. Um, I'm Rudy Zabrin. I'm the... uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Consolidated Analytics. A little background on Consolidated Analytics, we're a multifaceted financial services consulting firm. So um, at Consolidated Analytics, we work with uh, banks, mortgage companies, private investment firms, law firms, accounting agencies, and otherwise, uh, to provide financial service consulting services and products really to help them mitigate risk and uh, create efficiency in their operations. So I've been here since 2017. Prior to that myself, I founded another business called Opus Capital Markets Consultants with some partners, uh, sold that and happy to be with Consolidated Analytics in the role today.
0: All right. Perfect. So the the reason we're talking about this subject is, um, and a recent news article highlighted it as well, more than 300,000, and this is according to the Wall Street Journal, it was an article written a couple of weeks ago, but basically more than 300,000 U.S. accountants and auditors have left their jobs in the past few years. That's a, a substantial 17% decline. You know, that's a huge number. And we've been hearing it a lot from our uh, practitioners and firms. And basically, they're having a lot of challenges, both with growth Uh, I would say work-life balance. Uh, You know, they they have more work than they can handle. They're working longer hours than they ever have, and they're having a real high uh, churn rate on employees and, more importantly, having a hard time finding additional staff. I think this trend is um, here for a while. There's a lot of headwinds. There's a lot of uh, reasons for this change. A lot of people that have moved out of the industry to tech companies, other opportunities. Obviously, the pandemic has changed the way people view work and their work-life balance, so the reality is, you know, this is a big challenge for our industry going forward. So you have a couple options. One is you find perhaps some gig accountants or tax professionals that uh, don't want to work full time, but you need to find them somehow through marketplaces. We have our marketplace called taxbuzz.com that facilitates that. But the other option, which might create a better opportunity and cost savings, is offshoring uh, your staffing needs. So Um, I just want to start with some basics for our audience that doesn't understand what offshoring staff means, especially in the tax and accounting business. So kind of give a a general idea of what your program looks like and the type of people that you're placing with uh, tax and accounting firms.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the way that we've uh, been able to support, you know, tax and accounting firms that have been dealing with these labor shortages and the things that you discussed is really by providing offshore resources of folks in Chennai, India, is our primary base facility, uh, that have a significant background in tax, tax accounting, uh, corporate and individual, as well as bookkeeping. Uh, some of them have worked at big five accountant, accounting firms before we recruit them over. We create kind of a labor pool, if you will. Uh, so a big pool, um, obviously, our clients benefit from the labor arbitrage of offshore um, you know, labor costs. Uh, we put these folks together and we're able to deploy them to, you know, the folks that need them. So uh, for us, when we set that up, that can be one person full time that works, you know, uh, just like an employee in your office might work and they can work the same hours as you. Or in other instances, it may be a team of people where that you may have stage starting and stopping hours, right? You might want to be a group of folks that work the same hours, Um Bookkeepers or, or accountants that work same hours as you, and maybe another staff that comes in in the middle of the night, and uh, you know India Central Time hours, and you know works during their hours. So you build a queue for them through the day. They get in in the evening and they uh, execute their tasks. Uh, and when you come in the next morning, it's all done with a little bow on it for you.
0: Yeah, that, that's what's nice. And so, full disclosure, we piloted this program with Consolidated last year with just a couple uh, clients, uh, larger CPA firms, and. The feedback was amazing, and both of those clients also uh, extended the size of their team. I think one of them now has eight full-time people. And what we've seen so far when we started opening this up out of what I'll call our pilot program in December, we've had about 65 firms reach out, and we're seeing all kinds of requirements from one, you know, so, hey, I only can afford one, I need help, uh, to having two or so. So don't be afraid if it's a smaller team and you just want to start out and get your feet wet before you start growing. There are uh, options for both models. Um, So, and that brings me into the type of practices that are reaching out right now. I've gotten feedback from your side that they're everything from what I'll call like a mom and pop solo type firms to, uh, I think our largest firm has about 50 partners and staff members. So get an idea of, you know,
1: you can work with any size firm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We'll work with a mom and pop firm all the way to the uh, mid or major, major firms. And we've got a number of clients that we work with in, in a different capacities. As you mentioned, some folks want, you know, kind of part-time labor, Uh, for more nuanced types of activities or tasks short term for just this tax season. And other folks that do bookkeeping services and a variety of other things, you know, we'll build a team uh, that'll stay on cycle for them year round and, you know, support their uh, support their work. So we're really flexible. And, you know, in terms of how we engage us, we truly believe that uh, once you engage our practitioners, we're going to deploy them and you're going to find value. And as you find value, uh, you know, chances are if if the need is short term, you're going to come back to us next time. There's a short term need as well. If it's long term, uh, we're going to build a team for you. They're going to stay in place and they're going to really, uh, you know, augment your business and, and and help your people out with that work life balance and all the other things that folks are struggling with.
0: So one of the questions I would um, believe most would ask is how do you vet on your side. So how do I know that consolidated is going to match me up with the best, most qualified CPA? You know, what's the background? Do you do background screenings? What are their controls when the in the work environment kind of uh, and I'll leave that into security, but you know, before you even decide who to match with uh an in inbound inquiry, you know, what is the vetting that goes on beforehand?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've got a full-time recruiting team, both here onshore um, in Santa Ana, California, as well as in our Chennai uh, office. And uh, that team, when they bring folks in, obviously, you know, you start like you do with everybody else with a resume. We go through, we look at their prior work experience. Uh, we've got folks that have worked, uh, you know, domestically, well, through, you know, virtual desktops uh, with domestic clients for a long time. Uh, we go through those resumes, we vet out their qualifications, and from there, we contact, you um, you know, their references, uh, past employers, do the full background check, and obviously inter- the, interview these folks. Uh, interview is, A, are they a fit for the team? Personality-wise, of course, that always matters. Can we trust them uh, to be in communication with our clients? But then uh, they go through a series of questions that are related to the tasks that they're being onboarded to execute. Uh, so if it's a bookkeeper, they're bookkeeping tax, uh, tasks. If it's a corporate tax-type uh, account um, role, then they're being asked questions in that regard. So uh, we have a series of of, uh, queries that we put them through uh, to vet them. And then ultimately, uh, once somebody is determined to be eligible, we'll onboard them.
0: So I know, and I, I don't think you're allowed to disclose names, but I know you guys work with the biggest banks in the United States, the biggest brands you would know. And what I like about this is the reality, this type of offshoring has been happening for years and years and years for the bigger corporations. And what's nice is, obviously, the cloud and technology enables us now to open this up to smaller firms. Um, do you think that there are concerns that there's a comfort level, obviously, in your bigger corporate clients? They've done all the due diligence. So you have a lot of different security protocols in place. But kind of explain, you know, I know all the things that they require you to do, but how does that protect our small tax and accounting firms, you know, if they decide to work with you. And obviously there are disclosure rules. We're gonna talk about that later, how to deal with that with the IRS, but uh, security would be a big concern of mine. And then kind of what are the safeguards that you guys put in place for that?
1: Yeah. So from a corporate infrastructure perspective, it's been built out and it's been built out for years, right? We're audited annually, uh, not only financial audits, but obviously, uh, you know, InfoSec audits um, because of the customer base that we have from major government agencies to, you know, some of the biggest bank, private investment firms and otherwise that we work with, we're put through the uh, were put through the course of, um, you know, kind of review uh, on the information security side, you know, probably weekly. There's, a, you know, there, we have over 270 uh, kind of corporate clients within the company today that are, you know, larger financial institutions. Uh, and with those clients, each one of them annually has requirements to vet us. Uh, so they come in, they do site audits, uh, they do virtual audits, uh, they follow up with us. We do our, um, you know, we do annual SOC audits, ISO twenty seven hundred one audits. So we are constantly audited here in a variety of different capacities uh, at Consolidated Analytics. Like I said, they visit the facilities. We do, they do clean desk checks. They do, you know, um, uh, checks on our corporate uh, infrastructure as it relates to our servers and um, how we manage offshore people and the uh, encryption and password uh, policies that we have to use and deploy, uh, so we're put through the paces, uh, you know, pretty pretty regularly. Uh, basically, on a weekly basis, we're answering another security questionnaire uh, for one of our clients, and and again, it's you know, uh, probably six or seven of the top ten, uh, you know, money center banks in the United States, as well as a variety of others. So uh, we're we're fairly well audited over and over and over again. It's a rigorous part of our business.
0: I'm sure it's it's a lot of fun, but it's a, a definite. Um, safeguard that I think all of my clients will appreciate. So one of the questions I had, and I do have a team of two right now working with, you guys have a team of two working on content for me, not necessarily bookkeeping or accounting. And I've been really impressed with the communication um, that we are in different time zones. They work in my time zone. And I know uh, that's a question a lot are going to ask you. You did say some are doing overnight and you come in and uh, it's all done. What is the, so far, you know, is it 50-50 are people going overnight or are they do they like having them work at the same hours
1: you know i think we've seen a mixed reaction in that regard and you know fortunately for us we have the ability to staff at whatever a set of hours, somebody wants us to deploy those resources. But um, I think it's been mixed. I think if you have an organization mm-hmm. that has the capability of kind of building a queue of work uh, throughout the day that somebody can come in overnight and execute, I think there's you get a lot of lift from that, right? And, uh, you know, it's uh, you just get a clean desk in the morning, right? You, you know, this pile of paper, for lack of a better term, right, has been kind of cleaned up. Um, that said, there are uh, a number of companies that we're working with now that maybe don't have the infrastructure to build out that queue. So it makes more sense for them to have someone uh, that can work real time at their hours and so that they can go back and forth with questions and um, you know the, the hand off a variety of tasks just like they would somebody that's in their facility. So I think it really depends. It really depends on the organization and kind of what their preference is and do they have the the capability to build queues or does it need to be something that's more interactive? If it needs to be more interactive then putting them on your your exact uh you know, time works. We even suggest in some, in some regards and have clients that have done this as well, where they stage those people to come on about halfway through their day, right? So there's an overlap period of maybe three or four hours. So, you know, they're not the beginning of the day, you know how it is. You get into the office, you want to clear up your inbox and, you know, uh, take care of those important phone calls and all those other things. And, you know, then that group comes on in the second half of the day, you lob them their tasks and, you know, they're on for those four hours while you're on. Uh, and they'll finish up uh, with whatever work they've been given, you know, after that. So uh, we're flexible. And I think, you know, we need to be uh, for our clients and what their needs are.
0: Yeah, what I found um, interesting and in, in part of what you said is. My biggest issue is they're more fit. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And they're so efficient that there are times right now I'm basically trying to get projects in their queue to keep them going. So they're they're accomplishing everything. So it's the exact opposite of what my perception would have been, you know, with an offshore uh, type of uh, uh, situation. So that brings me into culture. So a lot of times there's different cultures, obviously, in India and the U.S. and communication. Are there any challenges that you've seen? Is that... Uh, a, an issue. I think that would be a concern for some of my uh, prospects, some of the accounting firms. But you know, how are those uh, obstacles overcome?
1: So we really don't see them as obstacles, right? There, um, you know, I, in addition to the sales and marketing and a variety of other tasks and responsibilities I have here at Consolidated Analytics, I also run a, a small operations team, and um, I personally have 15 resources uh, in Arch and I office that uh, report in and up through me. And uh, what I find is. If you engage them, uh, they're going to they're going to do what what you need to get done, and they actually enjoy being engaged by their counterparts here. And uh, we don't really have those issues. I think if. Um, you know if there's no engagement between you and you know the employee just like it would be one of your own employees uh that can lead to challenges because the expectation for them to get things done may not be as clear and uh certainly they need you know like any other employee they need concise and direct um you know information so they could go and ex- execute the work that they need to get done so uh from a Corporate culture perspective. You know, I have a great relationship with my teams that work there. I think most of the um, you know tax and accounting pros that we've signed up for these services have the same uh, you know have have the same relationships. It's just important that you communicate and uh, engage with your team. That that's really what will drive a successful relationship.
0: Um, I think that's great, and I I've seen it in just the way it's been communicating with me. And then we basically have uh, you guys set up on Slack, so. Uh, the way we work is the way you guys work. So we use uh, Google Sheets. We use our Accounting Works Pro platform, whatever it is. It makes it much easier for us to communicate. And and um, you guys are working on the same timeline as I am, or time, kind of earlier. I always, I'm always getting pinged at 5 a.m. Uh, but luckily, or unluckily, I'm awake anyway. So uh, it's a, it's a way I start the day. One of the questions I did have: if someone was looking at um, you know, maybe they're considering staffing and adding um, you know, what I'll call gig work or on-demand. This you have both options. This could be project-based or it can be long-term. This is like, hey, I'm really getting employees. How would you compare this to, you know, using an upwork type of marketplace and, you know, the, the quality or the 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 type of relationship communication that
1: way? Yeah. So I think the, the, one of the core differences here is you're not just getting the employee, but you're also getting behind the scenes a management capability, right? You're, you're not going to be responsible for, you know, tracking their time. Certainly we'll expose that information uh, to you if you want to see it. Uh, But these folks have managers that are overseeing them, making sure that they're doing the work, making sure they're, you know, in the seat when they need to be in the seat and that. You know the customer experience that you know they're getting is is top-notch as well. So it's more than just the individual, it's the corporate infrastructure that we've built around the individual, the management team, the executive management team, the, the virtual desktops, the security and all those things that go along with it. So Uh, When you sign one of these folks up, it's not them. It's just an autonomous person out there doing it. There's a corporate infrastructure that's behind them that actually supports them and supports our client, right? The client has an advocate internally, not just that individual, but uh, management staff that's behind them.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. I have several uh, relationships with firms right now. I have a a group of developers uh, that are nearshore. and one of the beauties of it is I do not have to manage the staff. Mm -hmm. I'm just there for, you know, project meetings, uh, reviewing work, you know, adding work. Uh, And I think that taking that load and that more importantly, that frustration off your back Is uh, it's really, it feels great. You know, you feel good when you don't have to worry as much and someone else is managing what I consider that HR kind of are they there? Are they on time? Are they getting the work done? Is the velocity of work enough? And you guys already have that infrastructure in place. And I think that's a a huge benefit that people don't think about. Uh, Challenges with Upwork is a lot of times they are freelancers and they will dump you as, as soon as they can for a higher paying job. And in this situation, these are dedicated people that are working for you. They know their project, they're invested, and they love coming to work. That's the thing. They're happy to have a job. And you get a a little bit of a difference in kind of the mentality that I think a lot of our accounting pros are are seeing today. But uh, there's my commentary on that side. So I want to get into, okay... I'm a small tax prep firm versus perhaps an accounting firm that has business clients. I have different types of needs. But let's say I am interested in kind of exploring, you know, what the options are for me. So how do you guys start the discovery call? How do you determine what my needs are? And then, you know, what are the proper solutions? How do you build out kind of what the engagement might look like?
1: Yeah, so that discovery call is really important, right? We want to get on the phone with you and understand who you are, uh, what the needs are, what the different services that you provide, what the time period might be, what type of hours do you want folks online, and and part of that discovery call is those things we've talked about, right? We'll talk through the advantages, disadvantages of the different time schedules for uh, the folks that you onboard. and you know, we'll we'll work on a solution at the end of the day, we have a, a pretty standard letter of engagement that we'll put in front of you that specifies the rates based on position and uh, those the and then you kind of have the optionality to go through and say, okay, I want this type of individual uh, for this long, this many hours per week, and we set up the engagement that way. So uh, again, it's a, it's a it's a flexible um, engagement model, uh, but the the discovery call is critical, right? We want to get on the phone with you and really understand who you are as a client and how we can best support you. And once we understand that, uh, we can provide some advice on based on our experience with others, right? We've done this with a variety of people now on the accounting side, we do similar things with law firms and banks. Uh, So once we go through that discovery process, we'll know how to support you, we'll give you some recommendations, pros and cons and otherwise, uh, so that you can make an informed decision.
0: Uh, so I'm ready to go. I got through the discovery call. How long does it take, that's my first question, for you to source You know who you want to match up with my firm, if it's multiple people uh, versus one? Um, and then more importantly is there is a cost savings, and there is a reason that is important. Obviously, a lot of firms cannot afford to hire a US-based mm-hmm. person right now. Inflationary costs have, have, have made it very difficult. So Issue one is how long, if I'm ready to go, does it take to get somebody online, and then, you know, what kind of a cost savings should I expect?
1: Yeah. So from the uh, from the moment we have the discovery call through the execution of the engagement letter to, to resources being deployed, somewhat specific depending on you know, what the client's needs are, right? That Somebody could have some type of nuanced need uh, that we've got to go find somebody for. But for the most part, it's usually only about two weeks to get somebody you know from that initial discovery call to the deployment of a resource uh, in a seat to support you is usually about two weeks. From a cost savings perspective, I think on average, we see about 60% um, cost savings versus what you might pay for somebody here uh, domestically. In the United States, uh, so it's significant, right? And again, uh, as we've talked about, having that person that's really engaged with you and wants to work for you, and you know, you you have a management infrastructure around it. There's more to it than just the sixty percent cost savings, right? You have a very dependable uh, group of people that are uh, excited and engaged to want to work with you.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exciting. So I'm going to get now and say, okay, if someone's bought in. I'm. Uh, what do I need to do? from one, you said you'd put up virtual terminals that kind of create a pipe that is going to be secure. The second thing is from an IRS disclosure point of view, you do need to disclose to your clients. We've created a special engagement letter specifically for this uh, type of Situation, because anyone who is offshore and has access to whatever tax-related or personal identification information, um, you need to close. You're allowed to do it. You need to disclose it. So, one, we have that process already placed for our clients. You you'll share that with the when they're being onboarded to make sure they're in compliance. But how does the virtual terminal? You know, people are used to VPNs, but what exactly are you guys setting up to make this thing secure from India to their local office?
1: Yeah. So we just, we use a, it's a remote desktop, right? It's a, it's a virtual desktop. There are a variety of different ways you can deploy them. I'm sure people might be you know familiar with like Google workspaces or, you know, uh, it, the same services that AWS deploys. Um, here we are a Microsoft organization. So it's through our Azure cloud with the, uh, Um, with some other technology bolted onto it. But the data actually never leaves our servers here onshore, right? So uh, they're connected through a virtual pipe to servers here domestically in the United States. And uh, with our policies and security cameras and management teams sitting over their back and clean desk policies, it provides for a really secure um, environment. So we set that up. And then once that individual has been set up with their uh, virtual desktop, we usually engage with the client and figure out what type of software needs they have right so whatever accountancy software bookkeeping software whether it's quickbooks or drake or you know any of these other things that we engage with uh, you know pretty regularly uh you'll usually create a seat for them in your platform um role-based we can help advise in that regard as well if you're not familiar with how to do that i think most of the people that we've engaged with are uh you create a seat from on the platform and to the extent that they're going to be engaged with others outside of the organization we usually say set them up with your email as well right um you know a ABC accountancy.com right you it's uh well we can we have flexibility around naming conventions as well if they're going to be outward facing uh we'll use more domestic aliases um and that and that can help and they 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 like that as well uh so you know they like having the alias that they can apply to themselves it's kind of a fun thing for them and um you know so if they're going to be externally facing uh you know it's it's uh it it's pretty seamless so the key is to get them onboarded in the correct technology uh, that we get them email addresses so now uh, they look like they're inside of your organization because they really are you know they're their you know their badge might say something when they enter our business but they're really an extension of you
0: yeah and i think that's uh one of the huge advantages so we've talked about a bunch of positives here. Um, if you wanted to just advise, you know, uh, set expectations, what are some of the challenges that you see that's, that if you don't address before you start this uh, type of program, you might have some frustrations? But if you do, you address them and then obviously get a lot of benefits. So what are some of the curveballs or things you would recommend a, a tax practice or an accounting practice do before they bring on uh, staff through Consolidated?
1: I think the first thing is to really just identify the series of tasks that you want this individual to execute upon and then have at least an outline of the process. We understand that not everybody would have it all fully laid out by the time uh, we engage and people are running and gunning this time of year. Right. Everybody's super busy. So if it's, hey, this is a new thing and you're you're launching it in the middle of. Um, you know, a super busy season for you, have a little bit of patience, but put, you know, put things in writing, lay down exactly what you want these folks to do. Uh, without guidance, it's no different than anybody you might hire domestically here in the United States, that, uh, you know, they're going to sit without without direction, and then you may not be getting the throughput that you need, you start to deteriorate some of that margin savings if you know, people are sitting idle. So I would just think through what are the series of tasks we want this individual to do, uh, write it down, come up with a plan for it. And then, you know, then deploy it and over time you'll see that they pick things up pretty quickly Uh, as you mentioned they're really efficient so as they get more and more efficient they'll ask for more tasks and maybe that's one of the frustrating things is as uh, you kind of explain that hey i gotta keep queuing these guys up you don't have to obviously they'll be in their big they'll be at their seat regardless um, but finding the right cadence is is important, the right cadence of work and uh, thinking through, you know, again, that our component, when do I want them coming online, do I want them at, eight, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, my time coming online, working my direct hours, should we stagger it and do a, you know, 50% overlap, 75% overlap, or do I want them truly working a different schedule, almost an entirely different schedule than us. Uh, thinking through those things are really critical to the extent that a mistake is made early on and you thought it was going to be one thing and it changes. That's OK as well. We'll work with you to adjust the schedule and make things work.
0: Yeah, and I think creating processes is the only way to scale as well. So if you're trying to build a bigger firm, you don't want to be a, a one person show. You want to you know, have multiple clients something that's repeatable, something that is easy to plug and play, I think is going to make uh, your odds of success much higher. So I think we've done a pretty good overview so far, Rudy. I don't know. Is there anything that I have missed before I get into how to contact you and, and how to get the conversation going?
1: No, I, I don't think uh, I don't think we've really missed much. What I'd say is for anybody that's maybe a little bit weary, not sure if it's right for them, uh, give us a call. We're happy to talk to you either way. Give us a call. We'll talk you through it. Uh, give you the pros and cons. We can get into more details, answer any questions you have, and you make, can make a decision from there. Uh, we've got a number of people engaged here to kind of help and talk you through the process. We've got a lot of experience in this regard, again, not only in accounting, but in a variety of other spaces. Uh, so, you know, leverage our experience. Give us a call. We'll talk you through it. Uh, no sweat off our back if you ju- if you choose not to go with it. Uh, we're here to help.
0: Perfect. So we did set up a landing page that's kind of like the kickoff point. It's countingworkspro.com forward slash tax tax. Hyphen talent, T A L E N T. You can also call consolidated directly. We have a dedicated text and accounting line, 949-503-6044. If the a live person doesn't answer, leave a message. They've been very good. 24 hours, you know, getting back to you uh, to really talk about it. When you fill out the form on the landing page, we also have a, I think like a five or six page deck that kind of describes a little more detail of what we talked about here today. Um, but we're really excited about the partnership of Consolidated. We've gotten some great feedback from our firms. And we think this is, uh, this is really listening to our customers. We've heard over and over again this year, I can't grow anymore. I can't, I don't need a market. I have so many clients. I can't, you know, handle this. Well, hey, this is a way to deal with this. This follows in our business model as well with our tax buzz marketplace. We're really trying to um, create an opportunity for people to find resources that they may not have been able to find in the past and consolidated is a great option. So again, thank you, Rudy, for spending some time with me today. Um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts, uh, but hopefully we'll hear from a lot of
1: people. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. And I appreciate our partnership with Counting Works and uh, Tax Buzz. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. All right, perfect. Thank you, guys.